0: Life is hard at times, our hearts often get bruised and battered, yet God offers us words that help and heal those hearts when we turn to Him. Welcome to the Sweet Sila Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and find strength for the day. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries.
1: Welcome to the Sweet Selah Moments Podcast. This is Episode 92, The Steadfast Heart. It's hard to believe we've come to the end of our heart lessons. Sharon, I've loved studying David with you. I have loved it as well. There's mm. so much we didn't
0: cover, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. But there's been many life lessons that have come out of heart lessons. Mm. Let's <laughs> review and list them before we start. I just want to hear them one more time in yeah. my brain. So. First of all, we learned the importance of a quiet heart, that Mm -hmm. our love for God grows in stillness and in
1: quiet places like sheep fields, (laughs) where nobody sees us but we're talking to God. Mm. We learned that a worshipful heart is possible, even when you aren't doing well, and that cultivating a heart that worships God will bring its own kind of joy, even when life is hard.
0: We celebrated David's courageous heart and learned that trusting God and truly believing he is big Mm. (laughs) helps us fight our own giants.
1: Yes. We loved watching Jonathan and David's Loyal Hearts and discovered that true friendship puts the other's needs ahead of our ahead of our own convenience and comfort and it doesn't stop when the friends are apart. Mhm.
0: We learned to appreciate the abiding heart when we watched David stay close to God in those long confusing cave years <laughs> when Saul was chasing him.
1: Yeah. We were challenged to have a persevering heart, to keep going and going and going, trusting God's timing even when it seems really slow. (laughs) Slow.
0: We were reminded that God wants us to have humbled hearts, Mm. quick to admit when we are wrong.
1: We celebrated the noble heart and learned about self-sacrifice and dignity in our dealings with others.
0: Sadly, we studied David's rebellious (laughs) heart and talked about how quickly we can lose our way when we walk off the path that God has called us to. Yes.
1: And then we rejoice at how God loves and restores those who have repentant hearts and determined to repent quickly when we sin. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And now here we are
0: at the end of the study looking at what it means to be steadfast, Mm. to have a steadfast heart. You know, on either side of my fireplace in our living room are pictures I just love. My Aunt Nancy gave them to me years ago. Um, She probably got them at a thrift store knowing I'm Nancy. (laughs) 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 So they're not like valuable in that sense. But boy, they're valuable to me. On the left side is an old woman and on the right side is an old man. Mm. And they're kind of doing identical things. They've got a Bible in the background. They've got a bowl of soup, you know, and they're praying. Oh. And they're just such a symbol to me of steadfastness at the mm. end of life. Yeah. They don't have much. They, they obviously didn't make a lot of money, mm. they're not living in a mansion somewhere, <laughs> but they're still steadfast in their love of God. Their oh, hearts yeah. are right with Him, and they're sort of my reminder that that's how I want to end up. Yeah. You know, I'd like Finishing to at least have well. soup, yes. right? <laughs> Be nice, Lord. And the word <laughs> and still be loving my Jesus. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. There's a, a hymn that says, let me never, ever outlive my love for mm, thee. And it's yes, like one hymn. of my favorite lines mm-hmm. and one of my favorite hymns. So, okay. So we can remain steadfast in our love for God, even mm. if, like David, we had some pretty huge mess ups in the middle.
1: <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So can you give us a good working definition of
0: a steadfast heart?
1: Yeah. So um, the internet says that steadfast means resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. So pretty good. But I like this one better. Merriam-Webster says firmly fixed in place, firmly fixed in place, immovable. Yeah. So if we are to have a steadfast heart, a heart that is firmly, immovably fixed in love and devotion, we need to make sure we are setting our heart on someone who won't let us down. Oh, yes. God is the only safe focus for a steadfast heart. Anyone else or anything else will always fail us. And to focus our heart on someone, we need to know them, and we can only get to know and love God more through daily time with Him in His Word and by talking with Him in prayer. Absolutely, just like that cute little couple in your pictures. That is how to have a it is. There it is. They just <laughs> got kept the word, up. got her talking up. to God. <laughs> That's right, and they're grateful for their daily bread. Exactly. <laughs> oh man,
0: it's that old godly path, not yes. the new fangles. old ways. Just keep doing it. <laughs> yep. Yes. Well, what amazes me about David and so many others who stayed close to God to the very end of their lives is that their love for God clearly wasn't based on an easy life. Mm, David's wasn't easy. It's simply that they knew him. And they knew he was with them through it all. Hmm. And, of course, the closer one gets to death and old age, the closer one gets to being actually with him in heaven. Hmm. So what a joy. And what a joy to end life excited about that.
1: Yeah. Right? Because you have a good relationship, and you're ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to turn now to the last sad chapter
0: in David's life. I know. (laughs) For David. (laughs) It's a direct consequence of his bad choices. Mm. David could not have been a totally attentive father with that many wives and concubines vines mm, right possible i don't know how many kids but a ton so but i think he really did love his kids especially the first few guys who were in line for the throne yeah right <laughs> they were new yeah So, can you list the first four sons of David and tell us just a little bit about each one of yeah. them? Yeah.
1: So his firstborn was Amnon, and his mother was Ahinoam. Um, his secondborn was Daniel, and his mother was Abigail. Yay. Abigail, one of our favorites. Yes. <laughs> so that's neat that she had a son. Yeah. It was kind of. Spe- and it was the secondborn, so it's kind of mm-hmm. special. Third born was Absalom, who was born to Makkah, who was the daughter of a local king. So it's kind of—I think that was his political marriage. <laughs> yes, indeed. But he is a son from her, and the fourth born was Adonijah from Haggith.
0: Okay, there they are, yeah. <laughs> and their mamas.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Ahinoam
0: was a, a woman that David um, met in the wilderness, and at that point. His first wife had been taken away from him and married to someone else. Yeah. So I feel that was pretty legit marriage, right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have his wife anymore at all, so he marries a Hinoam. We've already talked about how I feel about him marrying Abigail. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> and then Maka was the daughter of a local king and yeah, political. Yeah. And I yes, suspect I most of them after that were political. Mm. Some kind of an alliance that would mean for Strengthen peace his between nations. Or Right. And I
1: think wasn't the daughter of the local king? Wasn't she beautiful? Probably. it describes yeah, it a describes princess. yeah, but it describes it describes Absalom as being incredibly handsome. Well, lady. that's so true. So probably
0: his mama, his mama was yeah, gorgeous too. Well, good that would yeah. Mm. So interesting.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about these guys, but they were right. his first four. So maybe. Yeah, you know? so he probably knew them best. I would think That's so, thought. yeah.
0: So my guess is that early on he was more engaged with them because of the novelty of being a dad, too. Oh, sure, You know, your yeah. born, you're like, whoa, child. <laughs> and also knowing they were most likely to follow in his footsteps. Mm. So we read a lot about Amnon and Absalom particularly and their sad fates because yeah. they're... They're in line for the throne. Last week we read the prophet Nathan's prophecy that there would be rebellion and heartache in David's own household because of his great sin, and we are going to see this play out terribly. Mm. There are several scenes to look at in the sad part of our story. David was totally forgiven, yes, Mm. but the Bible warns us that the sins of the father are visited on their children. When we sin, they see it. Mm. They often respond in negative ways by either imitating it or walking away in disgust. It's not good. Mm
1: -mm. You know,
0: it's not so much that God makes them sin. It's just that when we sin, our children are likely to repeat that sin.
1: Mm. Because they're watching us. Yes, they are. And model their lives. That's what we do.
0: I I can remember one time being really irritated with the girls because they hadn't walked the dog when I got home after being exhausted myself. Yeah. And their excuse was an excuse I had all the time. Mom, I was busy. Mm -hmm. I was busy (laughs) doing good things. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. the poor dog needed help, right? right? But where did they get that from? Where mm. did they get them from? Because one of the the besetting sins in the gamble household <laughs> that Ray and Sharon both are guilty of is getting out of doing unpleasant things by excusing it with busyness. Mm. We're good at that. We're really we're still good at that, sadly. <laughs> so Nasty there's a sin that the girls have seen us do, not right. wanting to do some tasks and and Kind of hiding under the cloak of busy- busyness right. that I saw them live it out. It's not oh fun Lord. to watch your kids oh,
1: no, do
0: what it? you did, do. even
1: with little. My <laughs> I know. Well, even my little ones they'll they'll say a phrase and I'll go. When did she learn that? I'm like oh, I say that all the time. I say and I say it. that all the time, Rats. and she just picks yes. it up. And it it's it may not even be a bad phrase. It's just something that she says, or they'll sigh a certain way, and I'm like. Oh, I make that sound. Exactly. Children are watching.
0: They're everything. watching. So the sins of the fathers are visited on the children <laughs> yes. because that's the natural way. That's it the is. The environment so. they
1: grew up in. Well, uh, let's start with Amnon. So Amnon is his firstborn son, and um, we have Absalom, which is his half-brother, because they all have different moms, and among them is Tamar, who is a half-sister to Amnon, but a full sister to Absalom, so they have the same mom. All right. So Tamar is this beautiful princess in the palace, David's daughter, and um, I'm not sure how it started, but Amnon becomes completely obsessed with Tamar, and I, she must be beautiful. I don't know. But he well, her. sister,
0: probably. Yeah, yeah just yeah. kind of.
1: see. Oh, that's, they live in the palace together, seeing yeah. each other. But he becomes completely obsessed with her, and he devises a scheme to get her alone by pretending to be sick, and then asking her to come and care for him. And when the servants are gone, he asks her to lie with him, and she says no. <laughs> she refuses and tells him how wrong this would be. But Amnon doesn't listen. Ends up her. It's awful. And afterward it says in the text that now he hated her and tries to send her away. After all that, and he's she's like, it even
0: just, it vaporized. Unbelievable. Just, so yes, she yeah. begs
1: him not to send her away and to try to make it right by marrying her, which doesn't sound lovely for her. But because, you know, now she's defiled, and this leaves her with no respect and few options in this time and place in history. So sad. It's awful. But he refuses. So we pick up this terrible story in verse 19. righty, Where we find Tamar. <laughs> but now Tamar... "'tore her robe and put ashes on her head. "'And then with her face in her hands, "'she went away crying. "'Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, "'Is it true that Amnon has been with you? "'Well, my sister, keep quiet for now, "'since he's your brother. "'Don't worry about it.' "'So Tamar lived as a desolate woman "'in her brother Absalom's house. "'When King David heard what had happened, "'he was very angry. "'And though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, "'he hated Amnon deeply "'because of what he had done to his sister.' Sharon, what do you think of Absalom and David's responses? <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. Well, first of all, there's a cover-up going on here. Don't talk about yeah. it. He's, you know, we got to keep this in the family. Mm. I tell you what, Nicole, so much damage is done with family secrets.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It's just so much damage. And look, it didn't do any good. We all know about it now no. anyways. But <laughs> Right. Absalom did treat Tama right in mm. that he gave her a place to live. Right. You know, so I guess that part was nice. but. David's anger. I'm glad he was angry. He did nothing. Mm-hmm. He did nothing Mm-mm. other than um, be angry. It doesn't say that Amnon was disciplined in any way. Right. Or not that David talked to him. Right. Or that he told him, you've got to make this right. Right. So yeah. it was just like, oh, that was awful. Shh, let's be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Which is a terrible way I know. Um, to treat. So an Absalom didn't speak with amnon then but mm-hmm. he festered mm-hmm. he festered that bitterness was there yes i suspect with tamar living in his home a disgraced woman due to no fault of her own kept him constantly angry because oh, yeah. he saw her all the time right and this was a beautiful princess who could have had a romantic relationship with someone in a happy life right and instead psh, kingdom everything's gone. done yep oh. So, to rape her was wicked. To then reject her and not even give her the covering of marriage meant she would be barren and unmarried for life, I guess. I don't Mm, know, Nicole. I know. What would be worse, though? I think marrying Amnon sounds hideous, too. I
1: know. Which was the other solution. Right, right. But
0: that's what she had asked him to do, so her disgrace would be covered. At least she would have had a child. Right, that's true. So, it's all horrible. All of it. (laughs) There are no good answers. No. They just aren't. Anyways, two years later... Absalom is still angry Hmm. and that anger has hardened into such a hatred that he plots to kill his brother. Mm. Instead of dealing with it rationally, see what happens when you hide things? They build. Oh, it's awful. So he invites all the king's sons to a feast along with King David, Hmm. who declines to go, which Hmm. also must have ticked Absalom off. Dad, I'm having a feast. You won't even come to my own feast? right? (laughs) Anyway, at the feast, he commands his men to kill Amnon and they do. Mm. It's horrifying. Word travels back to David, and as per usual, it gets garbled. Mm -hmm. The first message is that all David's sons were killed, but of course, it was just Amnon. Right, right. But let's just pause. Just Amnon? Hmm. I mean, any death is horrible, murder's worse, and Amnon was David's firstborn son, heir to the throne. Mm. And he was killed by his brother, who was probably second in line to the throne at this point, as there's no mention of Daniel, Abigail's son, again. So they think that he must have died early on.
1: Oh, so, yeah, that's yeah. sad.
0: Anyway, let's pick up the story as the remaining sons come home from the feast, and that turned into a murder. Goodness, gravy. <laughs> so I'm reading now from 2 Samuel thirteen thirty-five to thirty-nine. Look, Jonadab told the king, "There they are now. The king's sons are coming, just as I said." Mm. The sons arrived, weeping and sobbing, and all mm. the king and his and the king and all his servants whipped bitterly with them. And David mourned many days for his son Amnon. Mm. Absalom fled to his grandfather, Talmai, <laughs> son of Amihud, the king of Gesher. He stayed there in Gesher for three years. <laughs> and King David, now reconciled to Amnon's death, longed to be reunited with his son Absalom.
1: Oh. So, Nicole, talk to me about David's responses here. Yeah. He goes through a whole range of emotions. I mean, obviously, at first, he's completely devastated. They're all mourning and weeping. He lost his firstborn son, his heir, his hopes. He probably poured most of his fatherly attention into his firstborn son. He did. And yeah. now he's dead. And he was killed by his brother. I know. Just, and all his other sons witnessed this. Like, What a terrible thing to have in your family. Horrifying. Just awful. Yeah. So I do think it's interesting that, you know, his son fled and he was gone for three years. And then it said that and King David now reconciled to Amnon's death. So I wonder if it took him those three years to reconcile. It probably did. Yeah. And, you know, Nathan had told David this would happen.
0: Mm, and so David's not true. only grieving the death of his firstborn son, he's mm. grieving his role in it.
1: Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. That
0: that his dysfunction has created some dysfunction These too. These are his consequences.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, so, so he must have been feeling pretty low. But he says he wants to be um, reunited with his son Absalom So maybe he's looking to start to like heal his family again and patch it back together. Yes. Know, you know? Yes. 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 So he finally is trying to get it back together. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, this story continues to get worse, unfortunately, Sharon. Oh, great. <laughs> So we're hoping for that nice reconciliation yes, yes yes so the story continues now five years after that terrible thing was done to tamar um and joab who is david's nephew um can see how much David wants to see Absalom again, and so he cooks up this wild scheme to have this wise woman come and pretend to mourn and try to get David to go see Absalom and to even see Absalom in a different light. Um, it's kind of a similar way to what Nathan did, another you know, story. in the story. Yeah, yeah to get David yeah. to see his own sin with Bathsheba. David must have been most manipulated by stories. <laughs> know, like, another story, <laughs> but it must have been what spoke to David. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so finally, David tells Joab to go and get Absalom and bring him back to Jerusalem, but he tells him that Absalom is not allowed to come into David's presence, he can just live in town. Oh,
0: so so this awkward, like, and okay. You know, let's think, family, how does that
1: make you feel as the son? Yeah. My daddy doesn't want to see me. Right, Still. you can go back to Jerusalem, but you cannot come into my presence. Hmm. So he's back in Jerusalem. So after a little bit more time of Absalom trying to convince his cousin Joab to speak to David on his behalf again, and then he sets fire to Job's field when he wouldn't help him. So a little, okay. so a lot of family job drama, drama going on here again. <laughs> Absalom is finally allowed to see King David and they seem to be reconciled. But immediately after the end of chapter 14, where it says Absalom was bowing before David and David was kissing him, the very next chapter, it's all about Absalom's rebellion and how he starts hiring bodyguards and gets chariots and horses, and he starts campaigning hard for himself as king. So he's going through the town, and he's telling people, oh, no, no, don't bow to me. And he's kissing their hands and tells them, you know, tell me all your troubles, and oh, if I was your judge, I could solve this problem, make it right for you. the consummate politician. Oh, such a politician. Babies. Yes, I thought the same thing when I read this. Oh, and to boot, he's incredibly handsome, the, the scriptures say. And he has this gorgeous hair that he only cuts once a year. And when they cut it, there's five pounds worth what? of hair afterward. Five pounds? So, I mean, he's got nice thick hair, he's apparently. <laughs> and
0: evidently, that, that is attractive for yes. people back in those days for Ben to yeah. have thick, curly hair. Isn't that yeah. so
1: funny that they note that he cuts it once a year? Like, five yeah. pounds of hair? That's a lot. Wow. But
0: anyway, he's So good. he's glad-handing everyone yes. while he struts around looking pretty handsome. Oh, yeah. Well, our David's old at this point, and also oh, right. he's kind of been disgraced. He's yeah. trying to be a good king still. but yep. yeah. And but all
1: that, all those troubles have probably really worn on him. Like that oh it my ages goodness. you. Yes, it
0: does. So you've <laughs> you got the strong, vibrant heir to the yeah. throne saying, a king now. Oh, yeah, whipping yeah. that
1: hair around.
0: <laughs> goodness. <laughs>
1: but all this works. All of his prancing around works because after four years of this, it says that he stole the hearts of the people of Israel. So Absalom's wow. little schemes are working. And David
0: doesn't even know about this, evidently. No, he doesn't. No, He has no idea what his son is doing.
1: No, because, I mean, so what happens next shows that David had no idea. So at this time, he asks David if he can go and make a sacrifice somewhere, but instead he secretly stirs up a rebellion against his father. Word finally gets back to David that the people are starting to call Absalom the king. So David and all his household flee the palace, except for 10 of David's concubines that he leaves to take care of the place. Shortly after that, Absalom sets up tents on top of the palace roof and proceeds to sleep with all ten of his father's concubines, therefore showing the people of Israel that he cannot be reconciled to David and that they really should back him as king. Oh my goodness. He's claimed them. He's claimed them. He's claimed this his father's palace. This thing with women. four women? Oh yeah. And that's that was awful. said. That was said to David. Yeah, Didn't it Nathan was. that that. Right, Nathan he was, said that. Yep. Someone else will sleep with your yep. wives. So right here we yep. show a fulfillment of that. Wow. It's just crazy. So finally, finally, Sharon, we get to the big battle. (laughs) Oh, boy. David's men are fighting bravely for David, saying that he is worth more than 10,000 of them. So he still has all these loyal men that love him. Yes,
0: yeah. So they fled
1: Jerusalem, but then they've turned to fight. They've turned to fight and try to reclaim his, his, his... palace and his claim of king absalom's men are fighting and then in all this chaos absalom is riding along on his mule and he gets his hair that beautiful hair caught in a tree and his mule keeps on going and then absalom is left there dangling in the air by his hair from this talk about humiliating yes so that gorgeous hair was his undoing. <laughs> it sure was. Oh, wow. And so Joab, his cousin, who he burned his field, told the men they should have killed Absalom instead of leaving him dangling there. But none of them wanted to kill the king. Well, you son. know how David
0: gets when you kill yeah. anointed people. Right. We saw that with Saul. Yeah. yeah. So
1: Joab goes over and stabs him three times in the heart. And then his armor bearers finish the job. Good gravy. What a way to die. I know. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow, We'll wow, pick wow. up this lovely tale. I'm going to read in the scriptures now. Okay. 2 Samuel 18, through nineteen eight. So the king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And then he went, he cried, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Oh, you can just... Here his his sadness. Weeping. He's so broken. Uh, Even though
0: this is the son that had deceived him, slept with his concubines, and ran him out of Jerusalem.
1: Here he is still mourning him. Oh, David. David. (laughs) So word soon reached that Joab, so word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. So David was winning the battle. I think I forgot to mention that. Oh, so David thank you. was winning. David wins. David was yeah. winning, and then mm-hmm. Absalom gets stuck in a tree. <laughs> yeah. They crept back into the town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in all those poor battle. soldiers. They were defending David, yep. and now they feel like jerks, right? Because his son died what? and he's devastated. Isn't this awful? Yeah. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, Oh, my son Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your concubines. Yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you'd be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you will be worse off than ever before.
0: So Joab was related to David, right? He was. He was his that's nephew. How that's
1: yeah, that's how he is the gall would go up and say to him. I know. He's like, <laughs> get out there and tell the troops they did a good job. Yeah, I keep waiting for the sword to like slice Joab. Yeah. It's, I think it's because he's <laughs> his nephew. He's allowed to... <laughs> So the king went out and took his seat at the town gate, and the news spread throughout the town that he was there. Everyone went to him.
0: Okay, so finally David does the right thing. Finally does the right thing.
1: Sharon, this must have been so hard for David to go back out there after this awful loss. It would have been so easy to understand at this point if David had just up and quit, you know? Gone back to his palace and cried for his son, but, you know, gave up on a loving God and a loving life and just found a hole to crawl into. Right, right. Right. I mean, how much can one man take? I know. Right. Right. And yet, wow.
0: He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Talk about suffering. For all that David was a man after God's own heart, he mm. surely had a share of troubles, he certainly didn't he? Did. Oh, he
1: did. He really evil.
0: did. Some of his own making, but it still <laughs> hurts. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you know you're in some way responsible for the mess, which mm. he was. Although, you know, Amnon and Absalom will have to answer for their own actions. Mm. They can't point to David and blame it all on him at the judgment seat. We all answer to God for our own actions. We don't get to blame our parents. No. Don't. Which actually kind of is was a relief to me when I was taking on too much guilt for my children's actions. Oh yeah. God said to me, they're not going to be allowed to blame you. <laughs> they're going to have to stand on their own two feet and tell yeah. me why they made the choices they made. Wow. And I thought, okay, that's right. No mm-hmm. matter what our background is, we still have choices. Right. And Absalom and Amnon chose very poorly. Right. And they're held responsible for that. So anyway, (laughs) David keeps that steadfast heart Mm. of love for God. Yes. Even now.
1: Even now. Even
0: now. So we're going to read one last Psalm as we close that showcases this beautifully and highlights that there's just never a time when David isn't turning to God, either in remorse and repentance, thanksgiving and joy, Mm. or in this case, a lament over his son. David always went to God. That's the bottom line. Mm. He was no great shakes in terms of living (laughs) the perfect life. I mean, Joseph, if you want to look at the good guy in the Bible, Joseph was much tidier than David or Daniel. Daniel's another great guy. Oh, yeah. David's full of all these
1: thoughts. But his heart always went to God. He did. It just did. Oh, okay. So. Well, we're going to be reading from Psalm 3. As usual, as though, although in the New Testament translation the word interlude is used, we use Sila to of course show we do. <laughs> of course
0: we have to <laughs> we use Selah. Well.
1: And that shows us where we're supposed to stop and think about the words. So we will read unto a Sila. We'll read until a Sila and then stop and think about it together. So I'll start. Psalm three, a Psalm of David regarding the time David fled from his son Absalom. Oh Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me, so many are saying God will never rescue you, Selah. So, (laughs) Almost seems like David has a little bit of PTSD in this first uh-huh, this first section. Uh-huh. I mean, how many times has he fled from his enemies throughout his right. life, and here he is again yes. being pursued by enemies, and it's his own son. It must have
0: been devastating for yeah, him. Yeah, so
1: broken heart yep, right here. Yep. and also the people saying no one's going to rescue you. Mm, you know, so
0: yeah. uh, t- trying to make him feel like there's no hope.
1: Yeah, he's not getting encouragement at this point. No, it's just him no, and God. No, <laughs> he's yep, just telling him, but he's telling God how he's feeling. He again. is God. Yeah. I've got enemies again. They're saying you're not going to rescue me, and here I am. (laughs) So we just
0: sit with that for a while in the psalm. Like, okay, there are times when we're going to feel it's hopeless. Mm. What should we do in those times? Tell God we feel it's hopeless. Yeah. He's the only safe place for our grief and our sorrows like that. Mm. Okay, next little section. But, this beautiful word, but, Mm -hmm. but you, (laughs) O Lord, are a shield around me. Mm. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain, Hmm. Selah. Okay. So no matter what they're saying to him, no matter what the circumstances are, he's going to declare the truth of the moment. Mm. God has a shield around him. Yes, Nothing touches David. Mm-hmm. unless god allows it mm-hmm. my goodness david should have been slaughtered half a dozen times oh i know a goliath i mean you right know, let's to start, start back start from then with, maybe right? the
1: lion that he was yeah. you know bending his the sheep lion. off from he, he could have been, been all those times killed many times but over god's been
0: a shield around david yeah and what god allows in is the only thing that's going to get in. It's a shield mm. otherwise. And I remember that too myself when I get nervous. You no, know, I'm shielded. Mm. The only things that are going to hurt me are things that God allows for a greater purpose. So. Yeah.
1: So and so then he keeps going. You are my glory,
0: <laughs> the one who holds my head high. Mm. David is not going to slump. Mm-mm. He's going to hold his head high and say, you are my glory. And basically, you know, whether I'm restored or not, the glory isn't in being king.
1: Mm.
0: You are my glory. Oh, that's you, so good. You. So there's that steadfast heart for God. Very but right. as it turns out, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from yeah. his holy mountain.
1: Hey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the next part he says, I lay down and sleep. I lay down and slept, and yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May you bless your people. Selah. Oh. He remembers who his God is. He does. I love seeing him. He goes, he tells in his heart and how devastated he is. He sits in it. And then he remembers what God did for him. And then he praises God for who he is. And he even sleeps. And he sleeps. In the midst of all of that turmoil and he's fleeing from his son Absalom again in heartbreak.
0: And he's got all these wives and most of the concubines with him
1: (laughs) him that he's got to protect.
0: And yet he goes to sleep Mm. because he remembers who God is.
1: Yes, and God comforts and protects him. His
0: steadfast heart always always, always went to the mm. Lord. It's except it. for that one little year until Nathan came and talked to him about it. So <laughs> that's, but that's pretty good. Yeah. So, so that's why God loved David, not because he did things right. Mm-mm. He loved David <laughs> because his heart was soft towards him.
1: Mm, so, it always came back to yeah,
0: him. Yeah. Well, let's pray. Father, give us steadfast hearts. Mm. Help us to run to you every single time there's trouble. Help us to run to you when life is good. Lord, we want to abide with you, to be close to you always, to walk through life with you beside us, shielding, guiding, protecting, showing us the path for our feet. Thank you, Father, that you care about the heart. Give us open hearts to you, Lord, steadfastly loving you Mm. all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. I surely hope and pray that I can, like David, still be praying and writing songs and trusting God when I am old and gray. We've enjoyed walking through this amazing man's life with you this season. Watching God work in David's life, watching his steadfast heart despite obstacles, has strengthened our own walks. We hope it has yours as well. Next week, we're going to be dressed in red and green and ringing Christmas bells. (laughs) Sharon and I are so excited for episode 93, A Simple Sila Christmas. We want to talk about how keeping it simple will will help make Christmas a happier time of year for all. I'll be sharing mom hints, and Sharon will be sharing hints for the grown-ups as we talk through the meaning of Christmas and how to fight through the distractions that abound in order to actually enjoy the season. Please join us. In the meantime, would you consider giving a Christmas gift to this ministry? Podcasts cost money. We pay for our landing platform. We pay for every picture we use. We help with the editing expenses both in the studio and our own transcripts. Would you help us, help us this year? Go to sweetseelaorg slash donations and write podcast partner in the comments. We'd really appreciate it. See you next week as we explore a simple Sela Christmas.
0: We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetselah.org. Thank you
1: for joining us.